Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Five Things for Christian Voters, this Friday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I okay. hope everybody out there is safe and sane and you're yeah. getting ready for a weekend. Getting man. ready for a weekend. Well, five things for Christian voters this Friday. So I have no idea what those five things are. Sure. You didn't tell me it's a secret. But what's not a secret is there's way more than five things that voters can do if they don't know who the candidates are. They can go back to all of the Right Spokane Perspective campaign update interviews. We did interviews with people that we voted for. We did interviews with people that we didn't vote for. That's right. So, but there's a lot of information out there about candidates, and a lot of it's untrue. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that today. But, you know, the Right Spokane perspective interviewing these candidates, the candidates aren't paying us to do this. So, this is a listener supported broadcast and podcast. And so, if you want to help support us, even though we've already done all the work, for the primary and the general election. I think we might have a couple more candidate interviews left to do, but we'll, we'll see if they're willing to come on because not all the candidates are willing to talk to Mike and I. I mean, no, they may, are. Maybe they're willing to talk to Mike, but they're not willing to talk to me and Mike. <laughs> Mike and I. So, but anyways, if you could support us next time you got that checkbook out on the payee line, it's Fagan LLC. Mail that off to P.O. Box 7620-99207. Again, Fagan LLC, P.O. Box 76. 2099207 to keep Right Spokane perspective on the air and keeping them accountable a little bit because we do talk about things the politicians don't like to talk about, which is why not all of them come on the show, but a lot of them have. So definitely make use of those podcasts. That's why we do them. You betcha. And that would be greatly appreciated, ladies and gentlemen. Now, how about a little bit of inspiration for our Friday? Now, she called, she texted. Now, Carla stood outside her brother's gated entry, unable to rouse him to answer. Burdened with depression and fighting addiction, her brother had hidden himself away in his home. In a desperate attempt to penetrate his isolation, Carla gathered several of his favorite foods along with encouraging scriptures and lowered the bundle over the fence. But as the package left her grip, it snagged on one of the gate spikes, tearing an opening and sending its contents onto the gravel below. Her well-intended love-filled offering spilled out in seeming waste. Would her brother ever notice her gift? Would it accomplish the mission of hope that she intended? She can only hope and pray as she waited for his healing. God so loved the world that, in essence, he lowered his one and only son over the wall of our sin, bringing gifts of love and healing into our weary and withdrawn world. The prophet Isaiah predicted the cost of this act of love in Isaiah. This very son would be pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our inequities. His wounds would bring the hope of ultimate healing. He took on himself the inequity of us all. Pierced by spikes for our sin and need, God's gift of Jesus enters our day today with fresh power and perspective. What does his gift mean to you? ponder that ladies and gentlemen you know the drill father god you are a loving god thank you for your gift of jesus sent over the fences in our hearts to meet our needs today in your son's jesus name we pray amen all right ladies and gentlemen it is friday and as i stated during the onset of today's show got five things that i'd like to serve up for us christian voters this friday morning and as well we know 
that we've got some early voters that vote when ballots originally come out. We know that during the last weekend before the close of the election, this coming Tuesday, we're going to have a lot of people that have got ballots sitting in their desk, sitting in their kitchen counters and kitchen tables and whatnot. Well, and if we know who those people are, we should probably, you know, be contacting everybody. Did you vote? Did you vote? Did you vote? You know, are you you happy with the price at the pump? Are you happy about the price at the grocery store? Oh, yeah. Are you happy about the increased taxation? Because if you are... You don't have to worry about voting. But if you think that the government could be run a little more effectively without taking so much money, if you think that the government shouldn't be so in control of our economy the way that they are, especially the people that are in control of it right now, apparently, you better vote. So because I'm not I don't want to listen to the cost of living argument and the well, price of I'm gas. You, and if you, know you didn't vote, I don't want to hear anything. Now, if you if we all vote and everything crumbles anyways, at least we did the little piece that's really easy to do in filling out the ballot. So we need to encourage everybody like you don't even have to know whether they got their ballot or not, or you don't even, you could be just pumping gas and watching it, looking at the faces of the people around you and be like, Hey, did you guys vote? (laughs) <laughs> exactly man i mean it's really easy to for? do you start the conversation i mean granted you might start a dumpster fire kind of but <laughs> you, you get people engaged with voting and you know something tim i i don't know if it'd be an extra inspirational thing a motivational thing but listeners out there just got to know that the washington state legislature is going to whack us on the behind one more time before the end of the year on our gas tax oh yeah. they're going to be raising that bad boy upwards oh, yeah. of about 50 more cents a gallon yep. and uh, that's something that we got look to look forward to that's right so if you see a single mom out there pumping her gas or you see a, a family guy out there pumping their gas and they're, they're putting that ten dollars in that they got left in their pocket to try to get to work for the next couple of days so they can pay their taxes and maybe buy enough gas to get back to work and they got that look on their face you got to make sure that they turned out to vote because that's the only way that they're going to change the situation is if they vote so that is for sure. So, but if you're a Christian voter, there's some really good information here. So if they happen to be Christians that are pumping their gas, here's some ideas for you. Absolutely. Number one, scripture reveals what government should look like. Is the Bible silent on government and elections? Far from it, folks. Scripture tells us that God ordained civil government to be his servant for our good. Conversely, when government does not serve its God-given purpose, the nation tends and leans toward corruption. The influence of Israel's kings on the people's behavior is a prime example. Now, in Proverbs 14, verse 34, we see that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. How do we take part in making a nation righteous? We must be salt and light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. One of the ways that we can be salt to flavor and even preserve the world around us is to influence who manages our government by participating in the election process and voting people. When we choose not to vote, we walk away from our chance to make a difference and a change. Yeah, we are. And I like that, the salt and light, because, you know, a lot of folks think salt is a spice. Well, it's not. It's a preservative. Yeah. And, you know, in being the salt, you get a little bit salty, if you will. Sometimes 
it dehydrates conversations, we'll say. <laughs> but, you know, to, to be salt and light, we're preserving something. And that's why if you're a conservative, you have to be the salt and the light because you're trying to conserve something. You're trying to preserve something. And uh, it seems to me like those out there that are not wanting the salt or the light are actually the rot that needed all the salt all along. Item number two for us Christians. Scripture is clear that we need to be good stewards of all that God has given us, including our citizenship. Unlike many Christians before us, we have the ability to direct the course of our nation through our vote. God has given us the privilege of living in the United States, and just as with any other good gift or talent from God, we are called to be good stewards. The blessing carries with it a responsibility, though. In Matthew 25, the master of the servant who has best used his talent says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will see you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. As Americans, our vote is one of our talents. We must use it wisely. And that's pretty profound to me as well, Mike. I think that when we look at voting, you know, you, we look at stories from the Bible or history about authoritarianism, and it came of the way of, of a king, of a dictator, right? And we have a, a situation where we, the people, are the government. Now, we know our government doesn't listen to us all the time anyways. We know that they're planning on fluoridating the water, even though we voted it down every time. They want an income tax, even though we voted it down every time. So, the government doesn't listen to us and it's not a king. It's a, you know, giant bloated bureaucracy that takes lots of our money. Sure. But we're actually in a place of power to the extent that we can vote. And I think that, you know, God is going to judge us based upon so many facets of our lives and we're all sinners. We've all messed up in a lot of different places, but it's so easy to vote. Now, I guess it's difficult to vote if you want to make sure you're voting the right way. Cause you got to do a little bit of research and listen sure. to a you lot of right Spokane perspective interviews. But to vote, if you go to your deathbed and you spent half of your life complaining about taxes and government and half the time you didn't turn out and vote, that's where I think a lot of Christians are right now. A lot of Christians, we know that half the Christians don't turn out to vote in the primary, and we know that a large percentage don't turn out to vote in the general elections of major elections. When you talk about local municipal elections, it's even worse. So I think as Christians, we're somewhat in control of our own destiny and we help decide whether government is godly or not. But if we're not voting, maybe it's a sin not to vote. Well, you know, I'll tell you, when we had Miss Hestorf on, the author of the book here earlier in the week, she happened to make the comment that 64% of us Americans identify with the Christian faith. Right, right. I mean, wow. So th there should and be just a, lot a of... tiny, tiny percentage of that actually turns out and votes. Yeah, that's right. Well, it, it is mind blowing. It depends on the election year. Of course, a lot of people want to vote on presidential election years. And right. Now it's a midterm and we're going to get higher voter turnout. But what about the other elections where you got school board members, where you got. Yeah. I mean, we got a municipal are... election coming up next year, man, where we're going to yeah. be looking at the council president, the mayor, two council seats. I mean, well, they're like, whoa, we're going to get a huge voter turnout because the mayor's running. It's like 50%. Yeah. Big and time. so, and, and of course, uh, during those elections, even a higher percentage of Christians don't vote. And I'd love to actually get a couple pastors in here, you know, after the election, because we just, We'll have to wait till after the election. Sure. And maybe be prepared with that as uh, one of our uh, arrows, if you will, in the next election cycle about, you know, is it a sin to not vote? Right. I, mean, I know that there's some religions out there that just don't vote and whatever, but I'm just curious because it's not like 
we have to violate our faith, most Christians, to vote. But if we don't vote and we have ungodly government and we're the ones that are partially ruling our governance through the voting system and we don't do our duty to stop the evil, even though it's so easy, I don't know. Maybe God frowns down on that a lot. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask a pastor about that one. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you know, once again, ladies and gentlemen, let me go ahead and serve up a couple of real quick bullet points before we head off into the break. Now, once the government provides you with basic utilities, the government can then decide to turn them on or off. Once the government pays for all your education, the government can then control the education and career that you get to have. Once a government provides you with food, the government can then decide how much or if you get to eat at all. Once the government pays for your housing, the government can then control where you live and how much you pay in order to live. And what kind of housing it is. Yeah, no doubt. Once the government pays for your health care and medicine, the government can control whether or not you are valuable enough to allow to live. Think about that, people. I mean, (laughs) that's pretty egregious, man. Well, it's huge. And then finally, once a government gets you to agree to gun control, there is no way to prevent that government from doing everything listed above. And, you know, as Tim. I'm going to add a bullet point to that. Okay, go for it. I'm going to add a bullet point. You know, once the government is powerful enough to decide who gets to go where and what kind of people get to gather, you might be in a situation where you might not be able to go to church, but you can go to the strip club. I think we just did that, didn't we? <laughs> the COVID thing. So, you know, I think it's it's massively important. But go ahead and finish off there. Oh, uh, well, no, that's that's done. And I like that new addition there. I mean, that's, you know, you're nailing it once again. Well, you it, know? It, it, the power of the government has become immense. And if we're not voting to change that, regardless of how you feel about elections or the choice that you have, the lesser of two evils better end up on your ballot because we're running out of time. There's only a few days left to vote and those ballots have got to be turned in. Again, if you're a Christian conservative, you got to get those ballots turned in. Make sure everyone you know gets those ballots turned in by this coming Tuesday, right, Mike? Yeah, We're the right. first Tuesday of November. Now, if you know any leftist Marxists, you can let them know they can vote for a whole nother week. we got to take a break. We'll be right back. You're looking at your ballot and realize you need more information about candidates and issues. There are two organizations that you can check out. The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. Check them out at www.capr.us. And then, We Believe We Vote is also a great source from the Christian perspective on candidates and issues, so log on to www.webelievewevote.com. Again, that's www.capr.us and www.webelievewevote.com. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Five Things for Christian Voters, this Friday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Okay, now I'm thinking about taxes and all the things government has done to me, and I'm losing track and count of all of those, but we got five things to keep track of, and you I bet. think we were on number two, right? That's right. We just finished up number two. Here is number three. Elected officials determine laws that affect us, whether we vote or not. And those laws affect our ability to live out our beliefs. Or how about to just live at all? (laughs) Now, almost every week, a new headline reminds me how the actions of an elected government official or someone in government who was appointed by an elected official affects our freedom to live according to our faith. For instance, a school district policy requiring teachers to use students' preferred pronouns. A district court ruling that requires a Christian cake artist to use her services to celebrate a same-sex wedding. 
And finally, a city council ordinance banning sidewalk counseling and prayer within a certain distance of abortion clinics. Hmm? How about we live with the choices that are made in elections? And the best time and place to stop bad policy is at the ballot box on election day. Even if you don't have a great choice between the candidates, which is why primary elections are important, your vote can still slow the overall decline of our country. It takes patience and perseverance. Just know Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. Yes, they do. If you, they get to, if, if they don't, you know, get other kinds of consequences, they're they're not allowed to groan because they won't be heard beyond the mask or <laughs> exactly. the concentration camp or whatever it might be. You bet. Item number four: Every vote matters and every vote counts, folks. You may be convinced about your responsibility to vote, but may still wonder: Does my vote really matter? Well, in recent years, more elections than ever are being decided by the slimmest of margins. iVoterGuide has devoted an entire article on the subject, but one only needs to look at the U.S. Senate Republican primary in Pennsylvania this year, where the winning candidate was decided by less than 1,000 votes. Or consider a U.S. House race in Iowa in 2020, where the margin of victory was a mere six votes, folks. Those six people who voted were the deciding factor between having a representative whom iVoterGuide rated conservative versus one whom we rated verified liberal. (laughs) Such slim margins are even more common in local races. Don't leave your future and your children's future to chance because your vote matters and every vote counts, folks. Item five. We impact future generations. I mean, that should be what it is all about, period, folks. Well, and, and, We impact future and, generations. And you know what? We had that interview with Peter Demos, and he was talking about the forever, and then also how are we impacting the future, right? Yeah, exactly. So you have your forever, which is, you know, are you going to heaven? Are you going to hell? You know, what kind of conditions are you looking forward to based upon the decisions that you've made in your life? Did you have an opportunity to stand and you cowered anyway? Were you a coward, right? Yeah, or, exactly. Or did, you, did you stand up for your family and your community? And then, you know, at the same time, you look at it and it's like, okay, well, we're going to impact the future. And I've talked about it on this show before, how I know, you know, dead people shouldn't be voting because they can't actually impact the future for themselves. They're making future decisions for people that have to live out their actions, right? Exactly. And that's why we don't let dead people vote, because they don't have to suffer the consequences of that election. And we're looking at a future in this country that could be extremely bizarre. I mean, it's already weird. It's, it's, It's pretty stinking weird already, Mike. I think, you know... Can I identify as a, as a, let's see, uh, what can we be a cat, a dog? No, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a farm animal. Can I be, uh, can I be, uh, like one of those, uh, super duper, like Superman type, uh, you know, characters. Can I be one of those? Can I self identify as that? And, and then law enforcement won't care when I jump from building to building and they just, you know, leave me alone and. I, I don't know. It, it's getting, but it's getting that weird, right? It is. And because we're talking about, you know, you can't even, you got to be careful your pronouns. And we're in a world that is just so nuts. What are we leaving for our children? Not only are they taxing us out of everything, inflation is a giant tax that governments caused us. We're looking at poverty possibly 
in the way that we've never, my generation has certainly never seen. We're talking about Great Depression times two. Right. Because if you go to war with China, look at everything on the shelf that's made in the United States of America. Oh, there is nothing. Right. So you, you look at the condition and the decisions that have been made in my lifetime in the last 40, 50, 60 years, not 60, I'm not that old yet, but I'm getting there. What have we done to stop the condition that we're leaving for our children and our grandchildren? Right. And our great grandchildren. And it goes on. And they're, you know, so I think that it's a sin not to vote. So just do it. Yeah, you betcha now. Number five, we impact future generations. And here's a little narrative. Our children and children's children are impacted by how we vote and by the actions taken by the officials that we elect or by judges appointed by elected officials. I had no idea you were already going down this road. Oh, you betcha, (laughs) man. The impact of our votes on the judiciary alone is sobering when we look at Roe v. Wade and its reversal after nearly half a century of unconstitutional rule and millions of lives lost. Voters were partially responsible for both decisions made by justices who were appointed by the presidents and confirmed by the Senate. We must also remember that we impact our children, not just with our vote, but with our example, people. We are setting an example of someone who is a conformer to culture or changer of culture. You need to think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Someone who is a conformer to culture or a changer of culture. Yeah. So who are going to influence the next generation? Are we going to speak out and be heard? Are we just going to say, no, go on the computer, Google it. And, you know, Cardi B can do it. Yeah, you bet. Are we leaving a legacy as our forefathers did for us? As people who would devote our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor for liberty, not just ours, but for our children and our children's children. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You got five very impactful, profound things as reasons why we Christian conservative voters need to participate in this thing we call elections. And, you know, Tim is nailing it, man. You know, we've got our election coming up. I think it's going to be, what, a 5 p.m. or 8 p.m. cutoff this next Tuesday coming up around the corner, man. Well, well, they say it's an 8 p.m. cutoff, but I would not wait till the last moment because if you're standing in line at one of the drop boxes or – you drop it off in the mail and it doesn't get postmarked in time, your vote's not going to count. So, you know, if your children's future is on the line, you're going to wait till the last second. No, 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 don't do it at five. Don't do it at eight. Do it today. Do it this weekend. Get those ballots ready to go. I know mine are going to get dropped off directly at the election center. They're going to get dropped off at the office of the Spokane County Auditor because I don't, want the bag lost. I don't want the delivery truck to forget to take the left turn and the right turn and get the bags dropped off. I'm taking it right to the elections office, probably day before election day. <laughs> so that's going to be Monday, you know, and the line's going to be long there to drop them off. But you, we have no excuse not to get these ballots turned in. And speaking of the county auditor. Yeah, well, you got so, some shenanigans going man, on there. And I've got a little story about some shenanigans down in Arizona, man. I got this thing in the mail. And, you know, I, I've talked about campaign finance a number of times in the past. And there's just way too much money in government politics. I mean, you used to run for city council, Mike. And when you first started running for for city government, it was like a five ten thousand $10,000 deal to run for city council. By the time I was running just, what, six, eight years later, it was 30. A hundred grand, man. Well, it was 30 
5000 my first time, but then the person I was running against had money coming from all over the country, Seattle, and that city council race, my opponent had over $60,000 with other monies that poured in that was pretty obvious yeah. there was a ton of money. Then when I ran again, and the person that's currently there on the city council, I believe spent over one hundred and twenty grand. Wow. And so, and of course, there was a lot of outside money that came in there, but not too much from across the country or anything like that. But it's still tons of money. Governor's races, tens, twenties, thirty million, fifty million dollars. Senate races are hitting. It's ridiculous. We got to stop all of this because they're lying to us. Big money has lots of ways to pay for advertising, just like they did with COVID. Right? Yeah. It's all about money, 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 and it's not about people getting honest information. You want to talk about disinformation and money in politics? They should be really cracking down on money in politics because we got a county auditor race right and these candidates have not raised very much money in fact i think the seventy five thousand dollars that was spent on basically on behalf of the current county auditor vicky dalton against bob mccaslin i think that pack spent more money than both campaigns combined and there's a there's a spokesman review article that came out this last sunday you folks can go find it and read it if you want that that talks a little bit about it but this ad of course is in black and white. Yeah, it's an eight and a half by 11, and it was a mailer. Big mailer that came to my house. And like, like they're going to change my vote. These people, obviously. So they're spending, they have tons of money. They don't even have to target it well because they're sending it to a household that looks at, that, that, that they just gave me evidence of basically what I believe political corruption is. So we got some Merle Chambers top contributor, this big thing that says, Bob McCaslin is too extreme to be county auditor. Bob McCaslin's like the most mild-mannered person we've ever had on the show. I mean, come on. The guy is a kindergarten teacher, for right. Christ's sakes. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. He was an elementary school teacher. And so this advertising corporation, which is supposedly a political pack, came, this is their address, 611 Pennsylvania Avenue, Suite 192, Washington, D.C., and D.C., Washington, D.C. should not be involved in our county auditor's election unless there's election fraud here. Right. Then it shouldn't be a political action committee out of Washington, D.C. that's involved in our county elections. It should be federal law enforcement agencies that are involved. So to me, it doesn't matter what they said in this thing. Oh, he's a promoter of lies and conspiracies. He's attached to domestic terrorists. No, accused domestic terrorists. Because of course... They don't have to tell you the truth. There's no accountability. These entities should be sued out of existence, but they should be written out of existence in the law because the stuff, the propaganda that's going on with the politics these days and the bombarding of bad information, hate mongering. I just want to know the truth about candidates, which is why we do lots of candidate interviews on this show, right. even with some people that we might not agree with on some issues. But at least there's the truth there, and that's what's important. All this propaganda, it needs to stop. And where's all this money coming from? Money doesn't originate just out of nowhere because government prints it and hands it over to this Merle Chambers or George Soros. They're taking it from us somewhere. They are. As a consumer, as a taxpayer. Are. And you know, the most laughable thing about that full-page mailer, Tim, is the fact that they are trying to associate Mr. McCaslin with white supremacy right. and nationalism and accused domestic terrorism. And the photograph that they ended up using there... Makes him look has, like a ghost. Has Bob McCaslin 
his face whiter than the white shirt that he's wearing. Right. Yeah, it they, is yeah, just they, so goofy looking. It isn't funny, man. They altered the they altered the photo to make him look like somebody that might do blackface, Mike. Just <laughs> look how white his face is. I'm you telling know? you. And it's just, you know, basically. I mean, you know, we already know the media likes to, the opponents like to use the most goofiest picture that they can find of their opponents. But with this one with Bob McCaslin, they couldn't find a goofy picture. I know. So they had to use a picture of him smiling. So instead, they just made him look like he had died a couple years ago. Yeah. With, uh, like I said, his, his whole face is whiter than his white shirt. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing his face isn't whiter than is the little area where they have to put the zip code in the address and yeah. stuff so well unfortunately yeah. ladies and gentlemen we don't have time for a story that i happen to mention with some of course additional election of, shenanigans of, of course we do they just have to listen to the show on monday that is absolutely correct all you fathers and grandfathers out there gather up the family glorify and praise god give the family a great big hug and a kiss take them somewhere nice this weekend where it's going to be nice and warm mike and tim we'll see you on monday bye-bye